I mean, tonight there's going to be all this flubbub about a, a, a piece of pigskin pig being tossed from one guy to another. And about a third of our country is going to go wild. Okay, I'm part of that, that too. At least the commercial should be good. But on this Super Bowl Sunday, I think it's, it's so interesting how people give glory to athletes and they give glory to politicians and, and they give glory to, to millionaires and billionaire entrepreneurs. And they, they give glory to people who can do really great things, but not like our God. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. You know, our, our district superintendent, Thomas George, often says that you are made by God, you are made for God, and you are made for God's glory. His glory. It's all about Jesus. And the same is true for First Alliance Church, that we are here, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me, it's not about our, our music team, it's not about our buildings, it's not about our programs, it's all about Jesus. And we are here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to bring glory to God. Literally, the bottom line of our mission statement is the glory of God. We are here, a Jesus-centered family in Toledo and beyond, restoring God's masterpieces in Toledo and beyond for his glory. When Albert Benjamin Simpson came to Toledo in 1887, it wasn't about making a name for himself. It was, it was all about creating a glorifying community of people that would worship the Lord, that would impact our city, our region, our nation, and our world. As we said last week in Acts 1.8, and Jesus tells his followers, you will be You'll, excuse me, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Judea and in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now Toledo is our Jerusalem. It's our city. It's our home base. It's ground zero, if you will. This is where we do life. It's where we work and live and play. And it's an important part of our mission. It's an important part of what it means for us to obey Jesus and make disciples of people in Jerusalem. But he didn't stop there. Judea is the next ring as we move outward. And I like to think often of our, our home missions partners that are helping us serve and bless, love, and disciple people beyond our church walls to impact the region. Last week we talked a bit about Samaria the marginalized people who struggle to fit in for whatever reason. Maybe they don't know the language or, or there's something uh, just unusual or, or different about them. And now we're called to love them and, and make disciples there as well. Today we finish our emphasis on Acts 1-8 by talking about the ends of the earth. The Christian Missionary Alliance has always been about missions. In fact, if you really stop and think about it, Missions is our middle name. One of the things that I like to see happening in our churches is revival. I believe that the DNA of missions is so important because we need to live up to our name as Christian and Missionary Alliance. If we as a church in the Philippines will not become a missionary-minded church, a missions-driven church, then we will rather remove the word missionary from the Christian and Missionary Alliance. But the DNA is in us, and that's why at this time, we would like to continually become participants 
We want to become involved in worldwide evangelization and missions, especially across cultures. Missions is in our DNA as, as the Alliance. As a member of the Christian Missionary Alliance, missions is in our DNA. I, I love the way he said that. And I don't know if you caught it, but what's remarkable about that video is that was not a brother in Christ from the United States of America. That was one of our brothers from the Philippines. We are a part of a global family, not just in the United States, but globally. And, and missions is in our DNA. We sent international workers from the U.S. to other nations, but other nations also have their own churches, and they are sending international workers to other nations as well. In the U.S., we have 1,913 churches with 427,680 worshipers that speak 38 languages and dialects, in case you're keeping track. We presently have 734 international workers serving 70-plus people groups in 138 cities. And maybe most exciting about those numbers is that last year we were able to add 39 new international workers, which is fantastic. Yeah, you can give it up for our international workers. And, and let me say too, give it up for yourselves because it's your generosity in supporting the Great Commission Fund that helps make that possible. Now, some of you, whether you, you're new around here or not, you, you see Alliance Missions, there's, there's four different groups, there's four different logos on the screen. Access missionaries, they proclaim the gospel and multiply networks of faith communities among the least reached peoples of the world. This is what we typically know as traditional missionaries. They, they, they go and they serve people all around the world. Alliance Missions also includes Marketplace Ministries, which facilitates professionals who bring their expertise to a community to, to disciple those around them. Entrepreneurs, people going in and starting businesses, and, and using those not just for financial gain, but connect with people and build relationships. Comma, Compassion and Mercy Associates. They respond to disasters globally and partners locally to restore communities and alleviate poverty. Some people have said, well, you know, we need to focus on, on just words. And other people have said, no, we need to focus on, on deeds. We, we need to, to serve people. And we need to do both. We need words and deeds. And what I love about our international work as well as our local work is that we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. We have people through comma. It just it seems like every major uh, hurricane or tsunami or catastrophe in our world, we have people, a part of our family, our Alliance family through Kama, that are responding to the needs of men, women, and children. And then Envision identifies and develops missional leaders through short-term missions, experiences, and innovative ministry strategies in 22 locations around the world. We've sent teams to Cleveland, we've sent teams to the Dominican Republic, and when we can start sending teams again, we will certainly do that giving people an opportunity to experience what life is like in a different culture, an experience that for many is life-transforming, leading them to become full-time international workers. So when you give to the Great Commission Fund, all four of these ministries are supported as we reach the world for Christ. Now, we do even more than that because 
we are part of a global family, the Global Alliance, because of the great work done by previous generations of Alliance workers, 90% of our Alliance family is outside the United States. I just think that's so amazing. I don't, I don't know how many groups can say that, particularly in, in the United States, to say that 10% of the church membership is in the U.S., 90% is overseas. The Alliance World Fellowship represents over 6 million people speaking 180 languages in over 22,000 churches. By the way, a moment ago, I told you about the number of U.S. churches, and I said there's 38 languages spoken. Well, I just want to point that out. That's 38 different languages are spoken in Alliance churches in the United States. Because people from all over the world have come to this country for jobs, for education, for opportunities. And whether they knew it or not, they also came to meet Jesus. Around the world, 180 languages spoken in our 22,000 churches. Every four minutes, someone prays to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Every hour, three patients receive physical and spiritual care through Alliance Medical Missionaries. Every day, through 43 radio broadcasts, people without a gospel witness hear the good news. Every week, over 3,500 new believers are baptized. Every month, 250 new groups or churches join the Alliance family, and every year, 10,000 students are trained or equipped for ministry through more than 125 Alliance theological schools. Imagine what God is up to right now and what that's going to look like in the coming days. More workers into the harvest. Disciples made of all nations. And that's what Jesus commissioned us to do. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is really the best part. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mentioned this earlier. But God is with us. That was the message back at Christmas time. Emmanuel, God with us, that He is with us. He is with you in the storm, He is with you in the struggle, He is with you in the, the crisis. And yet so many people, both in the U.S. and around the world, have no clue that he even exists. What an opportunity, what a privilege, what a responsibility we have to take good news to all peoples. To all peoples, to all nations. We are to make disciples of Jesus here and beyond. That's our calling. That's what First Alliance is about. That's what the Christian Missionary Alliance is about. It's about making disciples of Jesus here and beyond. That's why our mission statement says in Toledo and beyond. Now you might ask, why worry about the ends of the earth? Don't we have enough problems here? Aren't there enough U.S. Americans that need Jesus? Well, yes, of course. But Jesus' commission in Acts 1-8 was not just to reach our Jerusalem. It was also Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. There are nearly... 8 billion people on the planet, and each one is a masterpiece. Each and every life, black, brown, white, whatever color, matters. Family, all Christians are called to be missionaries. 
God calls some to be missionaries in Toledo. Maybe he's called you to be a missionary in your home, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your, your, your workplace environment. And some of us are called to serve through our home missions partners, through the Pregnancy Center, Cherry Street Mission, Water for Ishmael, or, or some of the others. That, that becomes our mission field. God has sent our faith missions partners to northern Michigan, as well as to the Dominican Republic and to the ends of the earth. And they do great work. He calls some of us to distant lands, learning new languages and introducing Jesus to people who have never even heard his name. I pray God will call some of you to become international workers. I pray that God would call some of you to to plant churches. I pray that all of you would be missionaries here and now, wherever you're placed. And that if God is preparing you for somewhere else at some point, that you'd be diligent in being equipped and learning and growing. Over the years, more than 125 missionaries, pastors, pastors' wives, and other full-time Christian workers have been called from this church and sent out. And we're not done yet. In fact, I'd like to think we're just getting started. We've said that the gospel, the good news, it needs to be shared. We can't keep Jesus to ourselves. If you learned that you could, you, there was a place giving away free cars, brand new cars, would you tell anybody about that? I would hope so. I hope you'd tell me. But we, we, we can't just keep it to ourselves. We can't keep good news to ourselves. Good news needs to be shared, and it needs to be shared with the whole world. We can't be selfish with our faith. Our world, our whole world, it needs Jesus. And this is why, while I love our, our, comf- I love our country, I love the United States, I get uncomfortable when Christians put too much emphasis on our nation while ignoring our current and future brothers and sisters abroad. See, I want God to bless America, but I also want God to bless Bolivia, Belgium, Bangladesh, Brazil, and Burundi. We're not all called to travel overseas, but we can all be involved in reaching the ends of the earth through our prayers, through our support, through our giving to the Great Commission Fund. But today I want to talk about prayer because, well, we're in the middle of 40 days of prayer. This is a series on prayer. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. He said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters, they have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field God's building. I, I love that, that, that phrase, that you are God's building. See, some are called to stay here in our Jerusalem, and some are called to go, whether it's to a different city, a different state, a different country. Some plant the seeds, some water them, some get to harvest the fruit. That's the fun part. Some pray, others give, and still others go. Everyone plays a role in God's kingdom. And that's why I say all Christians are called to be missionaries. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus gathers a group of his followers. And as he sends them, he says, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We are to pray to God to raise up 
workers in the harvest. And we're also called to be those workers in the harvest and go. All ministry must begin with prayer. The work we do here and abroad cannot be accomplished without a miraculous move of God. No one has been changed, transformed by my eloquent words. It's only by the Holy Spirit taking my words and using them for his glory to change a human heart. I can't change a human heart. You can't change a human heart, but the Lord can. The Holy Spirit can. And it's such a thrill to think that we get to participate in the work that he's doing, changing people's lives. If we had time, we could tell stories right now of of lives that have been changed and transformed. I I had the privilege this week at Celebrate Recovery just listening to to some of my brothers share stories about how Jesus has changed their life. And what's amazing is, is he didn't just like drop something from heaven or speak in an audible voice or you know, handwriting on the wall that happened once in the book of Daniel, but that was, that was kind of a unique situation. But God used men and women and children, people like you and me, to help transform other people. Like, we get to play a part in his kingdom. And family, there's nothing more exciting than that. I mean, I know maybe some of you, you know, you get to be a part of making Jeeps at the Jeep factory, and that's cool. We love our Jeep. And I'm grateful for every person that put that together. But that's nothing compared to being a part of God's assembly line of transforming masterpieces for his glory. To be a part of planting seeds and watering them and fertilizing them and then picking the fruit. We need to pray, family, that God would send out workers into his harvest field. I find prayer so remarkable. Uh, First, it it amazes me that the creator of the universe would even care to listen to my voice. Sometimes I can't even get friends to listen to my voice or to pick up the phone. Or this is is one that kind of gets me sometimes. Have you ever texted someone and you're like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting? See, when we, when we go to God in prayer, we don't have to wait. He's listening. He's waiting for us. It just boggles my mind that he would care so much about us. But then the fact that we can be a part of the transformed lives of men, women, and children, most of, many of which we won't even meet until we spend eternity with them someday. Imagine being in heaven and having someone walk up to you and say, hey, I was going in this direction, and you prayed, and God moved me in a different direction, and now I'm here for eternity. Sorry, family, but the lottery does not even come close to the riches of that experience. So we're going to do this now. I mean, it seems pointless to talk about prayer. We're in the middle of 40 days of prayer, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit this week just nudged me to say, maybe, maybe you should spend some time praying. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now, it, the, the, this is not the house of the Lord. This is the house of the Lord. He dwells within us. As Jonathan Schaefer, one of our Alliance pastors, said recently, he said that, that many years ago, God changed his address. And it went from the temple to our hearts. I thought that was a great image, a great um, metaphor, that, that God now dwells within us. But family, I'd like, I'd like to just, first of all, encourage you to join us in prayer. We have Zoom prayer every weekday at 9 o'clock, and it's a, a great time of us praying together. 
Uh, we, we focus not so much on sharing prayer requests as we do praying those prayer requests. I don't know, some of you have maybe been in a, in a prayer meeting where you spend 75% of the time just talking about everything wrong in the world, and then, oh, we, we should get some time to pray. I've, I mean, I've been a part of those. Uh, with Zoom prayer, we just pray. We just dive in and, and get busy, get to it. Because we know that there's nothing more powerful than prayer. It changes us, and it moves the heart of God as he hears his children. So I'd like to guide you into some prayers this morning. This is a little different than what we typically do. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe we should spend extended times every time we gather together. But today I want to guide you through some prayers. So the first thing is to pray for the lost that are without Jesus. Luke 10, Jesus, or Luke 19, 10, Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And so wherever you are, if you're here on campus or if you're online, I just want to ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to pray for the lost. And Jesus called them that. He said they are lost. They are sheep without a shepherd. And so we, we pause to pray for the lost that are without Jesus right now. Well, God, we recognize that there are people in Toledo and in Timbuktu that are lost without you. Many have never heard your name. Many have rejected you for whatever reason. But we pray, Jesus, that you would, you would draw them to yourself. You said you came to seek and save the lost. And that's our mission as well that you've entrusted to us. You passed the baton of faith to us and, and said, go and make disciples of all nations. As we're, as we're praying for the lost family, I, I, want, I want you to just silently mention the names of maybe family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers who don't know Christ. Pray for them by name that they would surrender their lives to Jesus. The next area I want us to pray for are unreached people groups. There are about 4,000 different people groups in the world that have never heard of Jesus. It's about 3.4 billion people. They haven't even had a chance to accept or reject the invitation that Jesus offers them of abundant and eternal life. Romans says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach to them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So let's pause and pray for, for these 3.4 billion unreached peoples in our world.
Our next group is international workers from the Alliance and their families. All around the world, we have brothers and sisters that were once a part of U.S. churches like this one. They've learned different languages. They've learned to eat different foods. (laughs) Different cultures, different peoples. And so we pray for Alliance International Workers and their families. Romans 15 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Members of our Alliance family, this, uh, they're praying this. They're saying this to us. They're saying, join us in our struggle. Join us in our work. Join us in our ministry. A moment ago, I mentioned the four different groups of Alliance workers overseas, comma, Marketplace Ministries, Access, and Envision. So I want to just give you a few moments to pray for those. Some of you know specific names of international workers. Others, you can just pray for the categories. But let's pray for them. pray for Kama, all those people around the world that are dealing with catastrophes and crises. We pray for those in marketplace ministries that are starting businesses. I pray that their businesses would be successful, profitable, not only financially, but that they would be able to build bridges to people far from you and share the reason for the hope that they have. Think, Lord, of our access workers, those traditional missionaries. The work must be so challenging. And I pray as well for Envision. I think of my, my good friend Brandon Nutter in the Dominican Republic and his family and others serving with Envision. May they experience great fruit great encouragement, great support and provision. The next category is to pray for new workers, new workers to be raised up. In Matthew, it says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Some of you are waiting for the end to come. You're waiting for Jesus to return. A.B. Simpson loved this passage. He said that's when the end is going to come, when the, the gospel is preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. We need more workers to go out to reach those 3.4 billion people that have no clue, that have no clue that they are loved by the Most High God. So would you pray for God to raise up new workers?
you know my prayer specifically is that you'd raise up new workers at First Alliance Church to go. We're all called to go to our local community, but I pray also that you'd raise up more workers to go to other lands, to other places. 125 people in our history is a lot, but I pray you just give us even more that we'd be ascending church for your glory, Lord. And lastly, our prayer for financial support, breakthrough for financial support. 2 Corinthians tells us that each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So Lord, we pray for financial provision. It's so exciting that we've been able to send dozens of new international workers through the Alliance last year. And we pray that you would just bring more and more resources to bear. It costs a lot of money to go overseas. It costs a lot of money just to live in this country. But I pray, Lord, that you'd provide. Where you guide, you are faithful to provide. We pray for financial breakthroughs. of participating in your mission here and around the world. Thank you for the Alliance family. Thank you for our co-labors, whether they're across the street or on the other side of the world. Thank you for the the privilege of prayer, the privilege of, of going, the privilege of giving. And we ask, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will be done, not only in Toledo, but all over your beautiful Thank you.